I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to help you slow things down just a little bit, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense on a Thursday. And uh, so much to, to get to today. Much of the attention of the country is focused on the still-yet-to-be-voted-on Stimulus bill, $1.9 trillion stimulus package uh, with a host of things uh, included, for, uh, something for just about everybody in, uh, you know, with $1.9 trillion, you can do a lot. You can uh, you can cover a lot of ground. Uh, so we're going to take a, a deep look at that uh, coming up here in just a moment. We're also going to have our good friend James Walner is going to weigh in uh, coming up at 1120 because one of the big points of contention on the uh, big stimulus package is the minimum wage. And whether that can be included or not included, we have this thing called the bird rule. What does that mean? And uh, so we're going to have James Walner join us from Washington, D.C. to break down uh, what the parliamentarian in the United States Senate will be looking at and looking for uh, as uh, this tries uh, to be passed, not in through regular order, but through what's called budget reconciliation. Uh, which was supposed to be just a, a nice handy-dandy tool for uh, Congress to use. It's become uh, weaponized uh, and kind of the tool of choice uh, for uh, members of Congress now to get things done uh, when you can't get to 60 votes in the Senate. So uh, we're going to break all of that down, move that through as we go along. Then we're going to uh, spend the back half of the program today on a Thursday looking at there is some movement up on Utah's Capitol Hill as it relates to the name of Dixie State University. Uh, that's really been uh, stalled for uh, head-scratching reasons in the state Senate. Uh, we know that a, a group of students from Dixie State University traveled north, came up to Utah's Capitol Hill yesterday, made their voice heard. Uh, and often it is the young people who can make uh, these kind of movements move in the end. Our good friend Scott Howell is going to join us uh, weigh in on that conversation regarding the naming and changing the name of Dixie State University. Uh, so Scott will join us at 1135, and then we'll round out uh, the week uh, coming up at 1150. Uh, finishing off my conversation with Robert Putnam and uh, uh, talking about uh, Bowling Alone and his uh, book, The Upswing, uh, along with uh, Shailen Romney-Garrett, his co-author on that, uh, and some very interesting things that they found in terms of who led the nation uh, from an I society to a we society back in the late 1800s, the early 1900s, uh, a real shift in the country. And uh, amazingly, you'll be surprised to know that it was the young people. So we're going to uh, dive into that a little bit, what that means as we uh, as we round out our week. So let's get back to uh, $1.9 trillion. It is a significant amount of, of money, to be sure. Uh, Utah Junior Senator Mitt Romney uh, said it was a clunker. 
uh, should go back to the shop for repair work. Uh, so a number of things have been uh, said and played out there. Let's start with Representative Ben Klein, a Republican from Virginia, who actually started to look at some of the fine print of what is actually in the bill. Remember, most of these uh, members never quite get around to reading the bill, especially these really big, long bills. Uh, but here's what Ben Klein had to say. The, the American people see this for what it is. It's a $1.9 trillion bailout, but it's it's bailout from mismanaged Democrat states. It's not a COVID relief bill it, when only 8% of the bill goes to COVID programs. It's a Democrat governor's relief bill. Now, some would say that Governor Newsom in California, Governor Cuomo, as you were just talking about in New York, they could use a little bit of relief from the troubles they've got back home. And I know something coming from Virginia about uh, governors in trouble. But, uh, you know, we need to, a bill that actually focuses on COVID, focuses on getting vaccines in arms, focusing on opening up our economy. You know, only 5% of this bill, uh, the money that goes to schools, opens up schools this year uh, because uh, Gavin Newsom's got to survive a recall election. So Nancy Pelosi put in uh, billions for uh, some kind of high-speed rail out in California. You know, uh, that's the kind of thing that uh, is being shoved into this bill and it's being railroaded through the House by Pelosi. And Bernie Sanders, he just wants even more money. Uh, It's a socialist bill on steroids that uh, uh, we need to turn around and focus on the people, the people who are in trouble right now, the people who are out of work, the people who need assistance with COVID, uh, getting these vaccines out and distributed to the public. Everybody needs a vaccine. uh, Who wants one? We should be able to get it to them. It's very interesting. I think behind the scenes, you're going to see Manchin's hands all over this bill. Bernie Sanders is claiming as budget committee chairman that he's in charge. But really, when it comes right down to it, even uh, Mitt Romney called this thing a clunker. And when Mitt Romney calls it a clunker, you know, (laughs) you got to take it back to the shop and work on it some more. Unfortunately, Nancy Pelosi calls the shots here in the House. She's going to ram this thing through uh, because she's scared of her left flank. She's scared of AOC. She's scared of the squad. So she knows she has to push it through. And then uh, it's going to come down to Joe Manchin. And hopefully uh, the American people can put up enough of a fight to stop this and refocus it on the people who need it uh, and delivering aid for COVID. Okay, so there you have it. That's... uh... (laughs) Uh, Representative Ben Klein from Virginia, and uh, a, a little uh, rhetorically strong there, I would say. And, and and while there there are a host of things that are in there that I uh, object to significantly, most of most of which connects to a number of states who have not managed themselves well, uh, getting bailed out uh, by those of us uh, who did manage <laughs> crises and budgets and spending. Uh, in the appropriate way. Uh, and so I think that's uh, the interesting thing there. Uh, Nancy Pelosi did weigh in uh, this morning in her press conference, uh, and she focused primarily on uh, what I think one of the battles is going to be, and that is dealing with the $15 minimum wage. We have a very, very strong argument, and we have a very big need in our country to pass the minimum wage. We will pass a minimum wage bill. We must pass a minimum wage bill. We've been working on this fight for 15 for a number of years now, and uh, it's long overdue, and it will be phased in, and we would hope that it could be part of this reconciliation bill. Hopefully by the end of the day tomorrow, it will be passed and then then prepared for this to send over to the Senate by Monday morning. 
All right, and uh, th- so that's what's happening in Washington. We want to come back here local. The uh, governor is uh, having a press conference right now, and we have some breaking news. Boyd, we're just learning from Governor Spencer Cox that he is going to open up vaccinations for 16 and older with certain conditions. So these are for people who have things like chronic liver disease, maybe diagnosed with cancer. You can see all of those on coronavirus.utah.gov forward slash vaccines. He's also opening it up so that you can go get a vaccine in any county. You don't have to live in that county. So if you live in Salt Lake County, you can go get a vaccine in Davis County. No problem. So those are the two big up updates that we have for you. Okay, Kira Hoffman, thanks so much for uh, getting us up to speed. Again, uh, Governor Spencer Cox uh, just announced uh, that they are opening up vaccines uh, to those 16 and older who have specific conditions, some of those chronic underlying conditions. Uh, Also, Kira pointed out that uh, you will now be able to go to uh, any location to get your vaccination when it is your turn, when you have that schedule. So uh, previously, it's been that you had to do it in your own county. Uh, now we, you can cross county lines and uh, still receive the vaccine. We're going to continue to monitor uh, the governor's press conference. It's happening right now. Uh, and as more information and news comes, we'll continue to uh, share that with you here on KSL News Radio. All right, let's go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, our good friend James Walner is going to help us break down what's going to happen in the Senate relating to the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill. Stay with us. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.